Yes, yes. Welcome back to the Keen Light Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast now with mention of whiskey in its title. <laughs> Hello. From Jay Cuckey's couch, Matt Brown here, <laughs> uh, regional sales manager, Blum Brothers Distilling Company. Mm. Once again, joining you. This time, I am lying down. That's true. I'm he's in not, full repose. My feet not, are up. He's not lying. And uh, lying. it feels like normalcy is a little mm. bit back. We have people in Cubs jerseys walking up Halstead and Clark on their way to Wrigley Field. Yeah. Took me about seven minutes to get from Halstead and Diversity to my place, which is a quarter mile uh Drive, so you know what? It's beautiful to see where we um where we going from where we were last year this time to where we are right now, and we are sitting in our apartments wondering if the world will ever continue and if we'll ever go outside and do fun things again. So it's great to see people back on the streets and walk into Wrigley with a plastic cup. Oh gosh, <laughs> go Cubs! Uh, Wilson Torres is also here with me. My name is Jake Hookie. We are the hosts of the Key in the Lake podcast, and as mentioned, Matt Brown is lying on one of my couches right now in my basement <laughs> in Lakeview East of Chicago, Illinois. Matt, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm extremely comfortable. You really weren't invited to this podcast. You more <laughs> and self, more or less just invited yourself back last night as we were doing a tasting. You were doing as, a tasting as at usual. Gina's. Yes. You just also asked me, so we're we still recording tomorrow? And I said, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Henry can't make it, so you can be his substitute. <clears throat> oh, wow. wow. Big shoes I'm filling, literally. Literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Good thing Joe took us out for a good time last night. He did indeed. Did you guys? Where did you guys go? Uh, just a Victor bar for a couple Victor of drinks. Victor bar. Oh, that's right. You said that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good. nice time to be back there. Um, hadn't been there since everything shut down. Would you I've have? been to Love Street a couple of times, but um, just a couple lagers and a shot of uh, Jay Henry's finest bourbon. Oh. Five-year-old. Which would be uh, the, P- the Patton Road? Yeah, sure. Okay. It was just a flagship one. I yeah, think Patton Road. Patton Road, isn't it a flagship? No, it's no, just no. called Jay Henry. Patton Road and Bellefontaine. Tain. One is cast strength, one is cast strength, and cognac finish. And one has a green... One well, is yes. One's red. The f- flagship is the red. flagship is red, and then the Bellafontaine and Patton are green and blue, respectively. I don't know how they line up. You know, I don't even know the proofs of my own whiskey that I sell. So knowing <laughs> other people's expressions sometimes, <laughs> even though our friends, I think uh, uh, it's y- yesterday evening at our tasting at uh, the stock room GNS. in the back of GNS forty ninety two North Broadway. Damn right. Shout out to George Z, all of Finn, all of all those all the characters. All all the, Clark is my favorite characters. I, I won Clark Matt there last Clark night? was not. Clark no. was not there. I, I won a Matt Brown sweatshirt last night in a <laughs> raffle. <laughs> he did, did you? He did indeed and then refused it. <laughs> he very I was like, <laughs> raffle off the sweatshirt. He's like, okay. Okay, so <laughs> what we were talking about I wore mine yesterday. Oh. Shoot, what was that? You guys are... Listen, there's going to be one person cutting off someone speaking. It's going to be me, okay? Yeah, why are you Let here? me just get that straight. Yeah, I... Uh, well, let's, you know, for anybody who has never heard you on the podcast before... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You're in for a treat yeah. going back through the well, old episodes. Uh, it's been a while. At Keen the Lake, yeah, we've we've definitely, unfortunately... It's been a while since I've been... As Matt said, he'd be the one to interrupt people. It's been a while. We have to get done in a timely manner today. Got it. Um, <laughs> but on the King of the Lake podcast, we definitely interview a lot of different people from around the whiskey world and spirits world. But we also have a cast of characters that come around quite a bit on this podcast. And Matt Brown is one of them. He was the one, of our, one of our very first or our very first guest in the podcast. 
Wow, wow. I, episode two. It wasn't Journeyman your first Oh, that's right. Matt uh, McClain. Matt McClain was our first guest. <laughs> yeah. You were so our second guest. guest. You, were first guest. you were the first guest with both of us there. Got it. Okay. Yeah, there yeah, you go. It rhymes. Matt and Matt. It rhymes. And then uh, you kind of came back and helped me co-host a few episodes, and we just did a bunch of discussions with us three as well back in the mm-hmm. day. That mm-hmm. day was two years ago. Wow. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and since then, we've lost our space at Beguile. We've lost our space at Fountainhead. We've lost our space at my old apartment. And let's call this round four. Yeah. Round four. Baby. Indeed. Uh, yes. Hi. Thank you for having me back. You don't have to do that. And wow, <laughs> has the time flown by. Time mm-hmm. has flown by. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you guys want to want to talk about well where you well, been man what you been up to <laughs> okay what have blum brothers been yeah. up to? oh wow up Th- to? thanks for thanks for uh thanks for asking we can yes. talk about your rum because uh, rum is the next big thing nah so what um <laughs> so uh yeah we just had a wonderful uh release of another you know limited special edition whiskey we had the madeira finish old fangled mm, delicious. that just popped up uh wait that's new yeah, the yeah. Well, we've done finished, we've yeah. done several old fangles. We've never done a Madeira finished one. Okay, I, did, I I just thought it had been out before previously to like, trying it last night. Yeah, no. So it was bottled maybe like two years ago, like a year and a half ago, two years ago, and we finally released yeah. it. I remember seeing it the last time mm-hmm. we were up there. Mm-hmm. I just thought it had been out in the market for a bit. Um. Yeah. So it's always uh, it's always fun and also really frustrating to have a allocated whiskey out again. It's a real pain in the butt. Preach, working brother. It. Yeah. So this is going to be old news for a lot of people, but I want to just, you know, to uh, remind everyone how much of a gray area the liquor industry is and, like, getting liquor to market. Because you have the three-tier system we're designed to keep uh, liquor stores, distributors, and liquor producers from colluding with each other, right? So you have these limited edition things and you want to get them in the hands of like stores who are good supporters and, and everything. And of course that loses all nuance when it gets to the, the consumer, the end, the end person buying it from the store. They just think like, Oh, I have to do this, this, and this to get a bottle. As in you're talking about standing in line, getting a raffle ticket. Hopefully you get called and Or, or you have to be buddies with, good buddies with the store which can be nebulous and you don't know where you stand or you have to buy like three other bottles in order to have a chance to buy like right an expensive thing and also buy your beer your wine yeah and everything else at that store too totally and uh yeah i mean i just want folks to know like when uh we're communicating this with like our distributor and like having like a having like a making like a plan for retailers to buy it we're never like make sure that the store buys x y and z before they get this mm. that, that's first of all it's illegal like you can't make someone do that it goes back to your original point it is colluding yeah it totally you can't you so you, you can't do that so and i and i uh i want to be clear that this is like this is vague, I know, and it can be frustrating. I was going to say you're not like, being clear, so yeah. <laughs> but um, but how we describe it to like stores is like, hey, to uh, for Blum Brothers and our distributor, what a good supporter of Blum Brothers looks like. This they would have three or so, you know, different SKUs on their shelf, right? And they're 
products that they order with regularity with like turnover you know mm-hmm. and uh it's just frustrating frustrating that no matter what you lose some of that nuance when it comes down because it is a nuanced message like this is what a good blum brother supporter looks like to us and um th- those supporters you know get uh acknowledged with the old fangled or whatever other special releases if i may do you think it's too difficult for distributors to remember what every individual brand purchaser looks like um uh question yeah interesting no i make it easy well personally i make it easy for them because i keep really great records and when it comes down to the allocation i make sure that we're representing like all of our good supporters in that list by records you you mean Keeping track of sales and SKUs yeah, and exactly. also expressions. They bought. Part, is that what you, yeah, d- depletion and like turnover and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, I'll, mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I keep, I keep good tr- track of. What do you do? You use your own method, or do you use? Do you oh go, yeah. Do you get it from Momentum? Well, they I, they have the monthly report, so I just download those at the end of every month, and then, and then I have a gigantic Excel spreadsheet saved on my computer called the Blumbros Monster Spreadsheet. Sweet. That nice. every time I save it, I cross my fingers and toes to make sure that it doesn't crash that has a lot of data in it uh that's interesting i mean i think that's thank also, you no, i thought so too no i think the it spreadsheet's is. very boring actually um but especially for a podcast <laughs> but i think it is interesting that you track so far um or so in-depthly with your customers not just your customers but also the retailers who are buying it and hopefully getting building your customer base for you which we have to rely on as you said with the three-tier system yes when you do ha- when you're known as a brand and it kind of comes this conversation usually repeats itself i feel like whenever you or the brothers of the blum um come on the podcast but when you have a brand that is so well known for an allocated item that was sourced and then but you're doing your own finishes to it you've done your own you know nuance uh you added your own nuances to it to make it your own whiskey and now you're cra- you're building these other you don't have to take the stink off the shit you know i'm fine with it being uh a source product like i'm not taking it no good. i'm being honest with no, what you guys is, did with it that's yeah. exactly what you guys did with the brand yeah now you're true. now you're, <laughs> now you're crafting being maybe a little humble here but yeah no <laughs> I, i'm let me speak for you I, I love your guys's distiller and i have for a very long time and, and i didn't even understand i don't i didn't know at first that it was sourced um the original whiskeys because i had them at earlier dates of time mm-hmm. Um, versus having a 12-year-old old fangled from MGP now. But mm-hmm. the way you have talked about the barrels, the barrels that you finished them in, um, the care that it takes for you guys to really bottle these whiskeys and get it out there to have the, in through your vatting system, it shows and it is, that care and precision is now being developed inside of your own uh, new make mm-hmm. and your own rye and bourbon that's coming out and hitting mm-hmm. the shelves and almost getting to five years now. Yeah, I mean, so the... But I guess the, kind of the question and the long way around to it is, how do you make sure that you can continue to have those retailers as partners and those brand or those uh, purchasers as fans as your own spirit takes over for the new or for the whiskey that you sourced? So, answering your first question first, the bourbon is between four and six years old now. It all of our uh, all of our flagship bottlings that's the Blum Bros Straight Bourbon and the Blum Bros Straight Rye are going to be uh, batches of about uh, eight barrels. And so all the bourbons, like, f- between four and six years old mm-hmm. in there now, and the rise between four and five years old. The second question, if I can um, paraphrase, is, like, how do I keep people excited? Can I phrase it like that? How do I make sure that, like, 
retailers are like continued supporters of us. I don't know. Even if, I don't know big, if excited is the, the right word. I, don't, I wouldn't use excited. I think. Would you in, use horny? Yes. Is there horny for I, us? Oh, I don't make we sure. are on the casting couch right now, so possibly. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think exci- excited I'll do is... do anything for the job, Mr. Jake. Excited is the wrong word because you have to keep them informed about what they're buying and what, what the original juice was when it came out initially. But at the same time, you want to make sure... I don't know what the other word for it would be instead of excited, but just... Space placement? Because, I mean, are they just keeping space on the on the shelf for you so that they do get that allotment? Um, I mean, that's, it, it these are, I, I mean, definitely I mean, that's kind concerns of a, for that's us. That's a dickish question. To but say. concerns no, for all I mean, three of us. No, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a good question. And I think it's just easy to weed out. Like, even mm. if like stores are like cynically selling my shit, like they're still, just still selling it. Yeah. Like it's not my business. Like what they do with it. Like they can, they can buy, uh, the, a case of bourbon every three months and pour it down the sink. If they, to to stay in our like good allocations, but it's, it's an incredible stupid, uh, incredibly stupid thing to do, and it's just like easy. It's just easier to just try to sell a whiskey. Like I get calls, you know, from stores that are left off the allocation, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, we have a conversation, and they're almost of the they 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 can almost follow a sim, all a, follow a similar format. It's like, well, I have it on the shelves. Like, I don't understand why I'm not on, on the list. And then I say, you know, when did you order that on the shelf? Well, 2019. I'm like, mm. okay, why hasn't it sold? Like, we did a tasting, mm. you know, 18 months ago. Like, what what's going on? And he's like, well, it doesn't sell. Well, that I have people with the same the same size store as you in a similar neighborhood with a similar clientele and they are selling it mm-hmm. so i don't know what to tell you like at the at the end of the day you can't be surprised that you're not mm-hmm. that you're not on the allocation list so you- i have a few things to take away from that uh, a silver lining at first you have stores calling you no one yeah. call, no one calls me so uh i mean there's a couple of stores obviously that we have our good relationships with and um I get emails and text messages and phone calls sometimes, but that means they're interested in your product. Yes, they're interested in it for maybe an alternative reason um, mm-hmm. versus what you really wanted to be interested for, which is your core brand. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're keeping you in mind. So that's a positive thing to take away sure. from that. Absolutely. And then the other thing is, yeah, the, the brand development for craft brands need more love and care and attention. And that's something that retailers, I think, are completely missing on. Yeah. yeah, you don't you don't need us. You don't need us to make money. You don't need us to make money on whiskey. As in, you can keep buying your Jack, your Jim. Yeah. Um, you, you can buy Tito's and probably you know go to another spirit. And, and that way, you can support your store, too. You can buy the Russells. You can buy the Turkey. All those great brands, all those legacy brands that we all love still drink to this day. But there is nuances when making whiskey. There's a reason why there's 2,000 distilleries because everybody can craft a whiskey out of the same ingredients, make something completely different based on how they do it, how they use their technologies, and the place of where it's developed, and then how they barrel age too. We all know that. And if there wasn't all these differentiation between whiskeys there wouldn't be 2000 distilleries there would be just a handful right but if these goddamn retailers are going to put our goddamn whiskey on their shelf learn how to fucking sell the whiskey and this is something i keep coming back to and i'm going to get pretty angry about it i'm probably gonna get loose my accounts after this conversation but you don't they don't know how to sell their whiskey online 
there is oh, this, yeah. there's this huge gap where they are missing out where us small guys spend so much of our space talking to people on an individual basis mm-hmm. and they're interested in our brands because of us through the conversation but none of these retailers take advantage of using us using our brands using the um the assets we can provide them or even the things that are just tagged in and all it takes is a simple little repost of it yeah i mean it's it, it's shocking right because like that's how you, you, sell, you, you sell small you, brand. We yeah. do it through crafting, crafty marketing. Yeah, and they're you, and they're small retailers, right? And you can make a living, like you said, you can make a living selling Jack and Jim and whatever and oh. cigarettes. Yeah, lot, I do. Lotto tickets, I do. and they do. So, what is the point then to even bring us in? Right, and to bring us in and do nothing with us, it's just like to 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 um to take up space. Right. It's it, it, to make your shop not look bare. Yeah, exactly. So because they also they're at the same point where we are as small brands, as small retailers, mm-hmm. they're not getting two cases of Pappy. They're not getting two cases no. of Eagle Rare. So they need us to fill the space. They need us as much as we need them. Right. Yeah. It it, it takes very little to make the best of that relationship, and it doesn't always happen. Which yeah. is sad. But I guess that's why when I. When I think about that, and I'm listening to the two of you talking about this, mm, all it's all beat. about, personally, there are over 5,000 bars and restaurants in Chicago. How many liquor stores are there? Just oh, in the city limits alone. I don't know. 10, 10 million? Let's call it 10 million. <laughs> all right. Let's call, let's call it 10 million. No. You yeah. know? Well, but all right. It's, let's, it's probably a third let, of that of restaurants. Maybe. But I mean, let's call it, let's give it, let's give it the equal amount of time. Let's give it the equal amount. Let's give it 5,000 mm-hmm. liquor stores within the city limits alone. We can be in 5,000 liquor stores, or we can be in the right ones. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I think as a craft brand, and the difficulty that we come across every day in our our days, Mm -hmm. as far as you're not selling my stuff, or I I didn't get your allocation, Matt, or Jake, you know, what the fuck, you Mm know, or hey, Wilson, I need more sting, or, you know, stupid shit. The opportunity lies in that very difficulty, and that's all right. I'm going to go and put my efforts in placement in yeah. places where I know they'll hand sell right. it. Right. But and again, you've got five thousand. You got five thousand liquor stores to do that, mm. and you can visit all five thousand one time around to do your due diligence just to see how things are going and how things operate there, and then you cherry and you and cherry pick. And point is, as craft brands, yeah. we are in position to do that. Right. Oh, yeah. Totally. And I we agree. can totally, totally take advantage of that. And you're, <clears> so, <throat> you're so on the spot about talking, you know, when you make the point of we have to be in the right stores. Yeah. yeah. It's just got to be in the right but, stores. And you try to, and you try to have those relationships. Sure. And you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. As though they their, their passion and excitement is genuine mm-hmm. and they want to go for it. Right. But at the same time, like, you can't take them. You can take them uh nine nine yards but you can't get them to 10 yards i agree you know you can't get that first down so, drive 99 yeah. yards and but, get them in the end zone one of the things right. I, that i american football talk with <laughs> jake matt and wilson as european football sits in the background of this conversation Ooh, baby and oh, there a, he is super league <laughs> they're pretty tall for soccer players oh yeah dcl is the tallest of Holy tallest shit was that theo walcott no, yeah, they're tall the as fuck. Doesn't play for them anymore. But you know what? The things that I think about often, I think you know how we always include our friends in our journeys and all that, and, yeah. and everything Is we that do. Is Morgan Schneiderlin in the middle for Everton? <laughs> Thankfully not. Um, one of the things I think about often is like, all right, Matt, you have the challenge. Uh, you get the phone calls 
you know, for mm. the Nader bourbons and their Nader rise, and oh. then you know the the now the Madeira cask that that fucking flew off the shelf. Bill Jagielga. You know, but then at the same time, so you have two sets of skews that I have to find difficult to keep up with in a sense where you got I got a set of skews with all due respect that's flying off the shelf, which prompts these phone calls to you. Then you've got your own distillate. Yeah. Yes. That's good. You know, and but it's it, not the same. But it's not the same. Not so it's course. like fuck. It was like, all right, how how do you how do I deal with it? How do I weigh that? How do I put priority on what's what? Yeah, it, it's trying you to know? get. It, it's uh, trying to use the Madeira to sell the to sell the other stuff. You know, and you, then Jacob's and then, got an Australian whiskey, a single malt on top yeah. of that, that is still making its way. You know, still making its presence known throughout the states here in Chicago, here in alone, him and, and and the people that he has to work along with. You yeah. know, it's one of those things. I it's all challenges. Yeah, it's all challenges. Yeah. All I'm, different challenges. Sorry. I'm Midwest. I'm not local. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but thing. but what what you know what we can do is you approach it to a point where people think it is. You do what I'm oh, saying. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, it's just so challenging because now I'm trying to play. I'm trying to fight you guys. You know, I'm trying to mm-hmm. fight the Bloms, the Kovals, mm-hmm. the Fuse. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then all the other players that are out there out of Illinois. You got the Jay Henrys. Jay Henry. Only has three states. Journeyman, they're I mean, oh, they're well, huge and then in you Illinois. got Journey. Journeyman yeah. is huge in Illinois as well. Yeah, shout out to 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 Bill and Matt and all those I guys really, out that I, way. Yeah, I mean, I really don't think of it as fighting. I don't. No. I know you never have. It's I know a fucking it's diff- fight. Uh, it's a fight. I see it as a rising tide. I see it as craft versus big boys. And I, I agree, get, and I get, and I want people shopping and like talking to other people, mm. like in the store. What, what about it? What you know? What beam rep is going to go to a wild turkey reps tasting at a, a liquor store? Yeah, not not we very would. many. All of us here would. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Last <laughs> night I did I I did that for I did that when Matt was doing a tasting. Yeah, I was a. like, hey, you know what? I can go hang out. The group of people at that store are really cool. Yeah. Um, obviously, knowledgeable people that you wouldn't be talking to mm-hmm. when it comes to being a sales rep or whatever the hell I do. But <laughs> um, it's important to go out there and see what your friends are doing and how Absolutely. they're doing it and what they're and what they're producing and Absolutely. what they're giving out. I didn't. I didn't even know you're going to bring that Madeira casket. Romulo. I knew Lukaku. he would. I knew he would because he always he he knows exactly what to pull thing. out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah something what do you special pull to pull out. The special thing. The special. Ooh. The oh. special bottle thing. <laughs> <laughs> to be specific, well, but you, I still feel I still feel. As a do fight. you think? Do you think that the the Nodder Bourbons and Old Fangle would have blown up if it didn't have the MGP tag to it? No, but I think it's very specific too because in the summer, I mean, we've talked in about the summer it, of sixty nine. This, it, yeah, <laughs> we've talked about it a thousand times. But in the summer of two thousand eighteen, a flip just switched for people, is and it, they is were it only like three years ago. Yeah, man. God, that was uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it just like it's it, people, it just turned on the dime. People didn't people didn't care about mm-hmm. sourcing, and more than that, they wanted the oldest MGP stuff they could find. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Yes, you're uh, in that sense. I thought you meant with your individual brand or that one. Your brand also kind of the uh, the switch flip too. I mean both. Yeah, okay. I mean the I mean the old fangled really propelled a lot of it. Finally, I had something to I had a carrot to dangle in. Right, I think for, for buyers, you know, it gotcha. took um, Templeton Rye to get caught for lying about where their whiskey has come from. I think for that switch to really be flipped. Yeah, that was a few years before that. No, no, I, no it was the precipice of it all. 
Definitely. But I think as it grew and then people yeah. started to understand what the words and the label meant when yeah. it said produced in Indiana, distilled in Indiana. Yeah. Um, this is a Tennessee whiskey distilled, uh, dis, you know, bottled at our blah, blah, blah location, but not produced at our location. There's such a long time between because when there was like 2014 when Templeton got found out. Yeah, it was like 14 or 15. Yeah. And I think the rise of craft brands circa like 2018 2019 oh really what the common consumer oh you think realized so? what words said on bottled on the bottles oh yeah, yeah, yeah i agree with that yeah i think so yeah i think uh yeah just the 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 rise of all these brands people had to be like well what's the difference between all of them That's they're all point. cool they're yeah. all local like what am i looking at you know so that led to an interest in like what does bottled and bond mean? Produce versus distilled, like you said, like you know, all the ways that companies can spin to their like story where their whiskey actually came from, which empowered people on the internet to think that they were whiskey detectives. Going, oh, well, they went from hobbyists, hobbyists maybe, or just a drinker. Probably we had, not even we had a, a bunch of uh, Harry Boshes over here. But then, well, yeah, you're. I mean, ho- uh, hobbyist to detective Prime. is a great. Love that show. It's great. Titus Welliver, Mwah. A, a chef's kiss. Ooh, that's a good uh, meatball. Mwah. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but what I'm trying to get to is the point of, yes, try to get to it, Jake. <laughs> Matt Brown, Matt Brown, ladies and gentlemen. I think when is Joe Henry coming? Yeah, I think we should all just have fun here, man. Well, We're lying on couches. You're, You're the only on one couches. lying on a couch. I want you guys, boys to come on over here and we'll like make a little upside down pineapple cake. Jake lies on top of me. Wilson lies on top no, of me. No, Wilson will not be lying Wilson on anywhere. And it's going to be normal because no. Jake will, I'll lie down face down. No. Okay. Jake will lie down Dude, face up, shut up on my back. Wilson, no. Wilson will not be doing anything. You will or, sit cross-legged no. on Jake's chest. <laughs> All right. No, thank you. Um, but back to whatever conversation we were having prior to that interruption. <laughs> yeah. I think the rise of craft brands, and as you said, knowledge grew. It empowered people that became hobbyists to detectives. And then to connoisseurs, yeah. And now uh, it's, it's it, it, it. People think that they're more important than the brand itself or whiskey. I mean, whiskey overall, whiskey. And then I, it just sucks to see where parts of this um, parts of the conversation about whiskey are going in. Not not every single one because there's still I mean, majority of people are just cool and want to drink whiskey. Yeah. Um. You know, like last night we were in a room with what, like 15 people or so, and mm-hmm. pe- and people gave you the attention and time, and probably everybody had had your whiskey. Um. There was one person that you were you were you were kind of talking about how eh, this is our bourbon and our rye that we make. It's not as like, you made a joke like it's not as good as our uh, sourced whiskey, not as good as the old fangled. And someone's like looked at looked at another person's like yeah duh, and I'm like. Well, that's rude, but at yeah, the same time, they're, they're still drinking the whiskey. They're still asking questions and engaging, and that person doesn't want to be there. They don't have to show up. They obviously showed up for some reason. Maybe it was just because they thought they were going to get a try-allocated bourbon yeah. um, from MGP that was 12 years old. But then we had really great conversations about 
the marks of where we find really great whiskey produced by MGP, as in mm-hmm. age statements about yeah. is it ten, is it eleven, is it twelve, is it thirteen years old? I didn't take I, I didn't take any offense to that. I think it was more just like I think I, I don't know I I I don't think I said like hey this stuff is it. I just said like hey. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think there is always the, the the thing where you have to be uh, like adjust people's expectations. Yeah, a little like, self-effacing. Look, look yeah. there's no. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if I was being. Well, I might have been self-effacing just because I'm out of practice, but um, <laughs> of being like that a normal is, guy. That, that is your personality, so I'm sure you. <laughs> so, were. but I mean, there is there is part of it where you have to set people's expectations. Like, mm. look, you heard of our best possible thing that we bottled ever like let's acknowledge here that we're drinking a four to six year old whiskey like it's mm-hmm. a, you're you're it's apples to oranges yeah, right here so it was another conversation we had about proof and um it was interesting because like i'm somebody when i i have like a couple glasses of whiskey each night nothing to ever get drunk just to try try things pine glasses of whiskey yeah, exactly <laughs> and I, I, I actually there, yeah there's nights where i want to just have like a hundred and 110 proof whiskey to start off the night but I really like having a mellow 90, 94 uh, proof whiskey kind of at the end of the day and just really enjoying those sweet characteristics yeah. to like a bourbon or even like a single malt, like a space side single malt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really just easy and enjoyable and it's not a lot to work through. And it just kind of tastes like a dessert at the end of the day, end, yeah. of, the, end of the work day where other people look like, oh, I, don't, I just jump in at 110. I'm like, well, that's pretty aggressive i don't care how long you've been drinking whiskey it's, yeah it's still aggressive it one aggressive. of one of the visitors last night That's even said yeah, yeah because we're, i From was saying my my like favorite my favorite range is like around 110 mm-hmm. and he was saying like yeah i mean and we were talking about adding water to stuff and he was like yeah i mean i really just have to start adding more water i'm bad at that oh, right. which i thought was an interesting that. admission and then he went on to say like I know it's just like my kind of thing that I have to get over where I thought that it wasn't proper for a long time mm. to add whiskey, to add water to whiskey at home, you know, mm. which was cool because it, 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 it said to me like, okay, he was like for sure just kind of following these unwritten rules kind of blindly because right. he thought it was like the right whiskey man thing to do. The connoisseur but, tropes. Exactly. But now he's... <laughs> But now he's acknowledging that, and his he really had it seemed like had a willingness to break himself out of that, which I thought was cool. Which is yeah, that's great. That's a great point. And I think it's funny too because every mentor I have in whiskey, or everybody I, that knows way more about whiskey than me, and I consider to be um, someone I learn from mm-hmm. an educator. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. yes. Thank uh, you. They they <laughs> the words the sentence water is whiskey's friend is always there, but then there's people sure. it's people that are outside of this industry that have some kind of chip on their shoulder to prove that they're somebody important to um that takes them a little bit longer to get around to and i i, I don't know why because it's not like i understand why you'd be against adding an ice cube to whiskey mm-hmm. but water brings out so much more flavor yes and the main ingredient to whisk one of the main ingredients to whiskey is water i i'm gonna be cynical here and i think that really people aren't adding water to their whiskey at home is because they poured it and they're sitting down on their couch and they don't want to get up <laughs> and, like the, and the, like the mythology of like adding water to whiskey is bad is like their excuse for being like i don't need to do that yeah yeah i, I guess it's possible um no but it was interesting that conversation with proof what i was 
trying to get at and kind of lost my main point on it because once again you've interrupted me but that's okay <laughs> oh i know what i was gonna thank say thank you i'm glad it's okay no i think it's i think it's unfortunate and i experience this on a daily basis 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 with my job and my brand is that people are so quick to like jump into delorean and jump into where this whiskey brand will be in oh. five to six years yeah, totally and then like i well i'm really excited to try this when you guys get to like a star Wars 10 like there never will be yeah, and they're totally. like, "What do you mean? Like, we age our whiskey in a hundred and ten degree climate. We, yeah. don't, we don't have anything left in the barrels if we yeah. do that. Yeah, like if you want to pay like a thousand dollars for a bottle, okay, well, yeah, that, yeah. sign all sign, make you sign a contract right now, totally to, to buy it. But and it's also just affects the fact the fact that weather has such a huge stake on how your whiskey turns out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I get that with your brand, and I understand what people. I've seen people ask you about it as well." Mm-hmm. I'm like enjoy the Blum Brothers for what it is right now. Yeah, sit in the sit in this right now and enjoy it. Totally. And then in in, in ten years from now, when they have an eight year old spirit, let's say, yeah, let's get a consistent eight year old spirit. Like, wow, I tried this from two, three, four, yeah. five, six years, I mean, and now I'm getting up to almost a decade in whiskey making. We'll probably never have like a bottling of just eight year old whiskey. Our goal is to have like a four to eight year old mix in there. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, I, I agree. People are like, man, I can't wait. And when, when and you're about eight say, to nine barrels in in a batch, yeah. So when people say to me, "That's interesting that you have the same experience," because I do as well, and I'm sure you do too, Wilson. When people are like, "Oh man, I can't t- wait to taste this at ten years," yeah, it shows me a couple of things, mm-hmm. and because I'm not quite sure what they mean by that, I'm thinking one. Like, you don't know what it's going to taste like in 10 years, so it could be bad. Good good point. You yes. know, like, there's a, like, <laughs> you can point. get, oh, you, like, maybe you should wait because it might be bad in 10 years. Two, are you thinking about this as a, like, a drinker? Or are you thinking this about a, a consumer of, like, a limited product? You just mm-hmm. can't wait to buy a 10-year-old bottle, to, yeah. and it's just, like, a collection kind of thing. Right, right, right. You know, so it's like... It, 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 I, I think people mean it as a compliment or yeah, just to I think have a most, conversation. Yeah. But it's also, I also want to be like, all right. And then turn around and like, <laughs> it's kind of a conversation ender for me because I'm not really, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not an it interesting is. thing to say to me. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. <laughs> and when I brought a, brought a buyer brought it up in a virtual tasting I was in a couple of weeks ago and he was like the assistant buyer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who's this goon? Yeah. But a, He's like, oh man, I just really can't wait to see like in like six to seven years what you guys have on your bottle. You have it on your bottle statement. I'm like, well, there's never going to be that. Well, and yeah. I told him that same phrase, kind of what I just uh, referenced earlier. It's like, mm-hmm. enjoy this. Yeah. And I sure. also told him he goes, will you ever? He he kind of asked it in a question too. And I said, well, you kind of just answered your own question by asking the question. It's not going to be there. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we we've done that release on a single barrel or like a small little batch of whiskey. But never gonna release it to you know a wide audience because it doesn't make sense for a brand. And there's some brands that don't have to age for 12 years. There's a reason why uh, distilleries in Scotland age for a longer period of time. There's a yeah. reasons why certain distilleries in America age for a longer period of time. And there's also a reason why those brands are af- are affordable or afforded the opportunity to do that because they have the space, the legacy, and the money to do so. Yeah. And they have the quantity of it too to pick out the best barrel. Right, exactly. That's what I was just getting to. And then, stuff. like yeah. one of the, now one of the most sought after whiskeys or bourbons out there, Booker's. It's a six year old whiskey. Right. And no one, no one seems to scoff at that. 
Oh, because it's 126 no. proof. They don't even think about right. it. No, they just want it. Yeah. It gets to a point. Well, that's what, which is why, like, you know, the age statements and proofs. I'm like, what's more important? Right. Proof, because proof needs to be on the bottle legally. Yeah. So why not just leave it at that? Right. Sure. You know? Also, it, it, proof will, when it's released in that bottle, people are proofing it to the point where, well, I hope they are, proofing it to the point where the flavor and the consistency is right. Correct. Yeah. And then and, and that's something that, you know, a lot of brands. The the more established, you know, century old brands have been able to do. Yeah, you know, they already have established that consistency yeah. for hundreds craft, of years. Hundreds of years. Yeah. So for us, it's like we're still coming around to that. We still don't know, and to to the point that Matt is like, you know, oh, I can't wait for ten years. So like you're right. You know what? Why don't you buy this five year bottle? And when the ten year comes out, oh, we'll sit down and oh, compare it. Daddy, together. what a, How what about a suggestion! That? Now we're now we're talking. You know what I'm saying? I'm no. like, that's bullshit. I was like, are you giving me an excuse not to buy it and just to you know mm-hmm. snuggle yeah, my balls yeah. a little bit so that I feel good about my myself mm-hmm. and my brand? Or you know, it it gets to a point mm-hmm. for me personally when I'm in those situations and those tastings. Put your money where your mouth is, bro. Mm-hmm. Buy a bottle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the only problem, and with- then I'll come back with that ten year if we ever get to that right. because. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to release a 10-year to you because no. that's going to stay down in distillery for special occasion. Mm. I think the you problem know? with that brings back to the point that Matt made earlier before we turned the microphones on is, great, you get that one bottle, yeah. but it's hard to get that second bottle out of the, out of that customer and then yeah. make them an actual fan of your whiskey where they're not necessarily buying it every month, but they're buying sure. three bottles a year, four bottles a year, mm-hmm. which would be I'm great. I would take that from any person. Absolutely. Um, but it's so hard when you're convincing them just to buy that one bottle. Yeah. How do you get them back to get that second bottle? Well, I found that regional and location of that individual is what really determines that. Yeah. Mm. So if we're not distributed in that region and or state, chances are they'll get that one bottle while they're in Chicago or wherever the water right. distillery is and then hope that one day it arrives in their region or their state and, yeah. and they can buy more. Or have close enough ties to one of us or to one of their friends that are near it. Say, hey, hook me up with another bottle. How, how do you, you hook know? them up? The, because the get t- they, they, get, they just get the same shit all the time. The big six is all yeah. they have to choose from. It's true. The, certain the, states, yeah. Certain yeah. states, yeah. that's all they get. The people who buy, uh, I mean, the people who, who are buying the same bottle twice or whatever skew older, you know, because right. they're brand loyal. Right. But it's also not collectors, too. Like Not collectors, I That's agree. the thing, too. Like, we have to keep in mind often, I try to remember this every day, that the most vocal, like, whiskey guy, consumer, like, um, uh, collector who's buying, you know, bo- a, a few bottles every week and putting them away, that is absolutely the minority, of whiskey drinkers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the the people who, unfortunately, we concern ourselves with the most, and I say unfortunately because <laughs> they don't just, they don't represent whiskey drinkers on the whole. On the whole. No, no. You know? I mean, they represent such a small piece of the pie um, than people who are r- really driving sales, you know? I mean, it's why, like... It's why there's paid advertising by hiring actors and actresses right. to be That's why Myla Kunis made oh. Jim Beam, like, jump up in, you know... Um, what do you call it? Uh, revenue, revenue share or whatever. <laughs> Market share. Yeah. You mean like as in a new buyer, as in women? No, I think she she drove sales for Jim. Oh, Bean. she did. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I mean, just and then in they, general. Then they, I don't they didn't know resign her contract or once she made comments that they didn't support because they're a bunch of. Uh, Is that true? Right wing little bitches. Oh, wow. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. It's a good movie. Because how, yeah. I mean, how long can you ride that? 
Yeah. No, yeah, oh, but I, I, I don't know. That's I, a good uh, people have short memory. How much? How much uh, whiskey do you think wild turkey sold? Yeah, quite oh, a bit. That's a good point. Quite a bit. You know, Myla Kunis right, was like fourteen right, when right. they started making that seventies show. Yeah, you want to know how she got the job? They asked her if she was eighteen. Said, "I'll turn. I'll be turning 18. <laughs> Eventually. No, she like they literally go. She's like, "Oh, like are you eighteen? And she goes, "No, but I'll be turning eighteen. They're like, oh, "Okay, well, we won't start production until then anyway." They asked her when her birthday was, but she didn't say how old she was. She's like, "I'll be Clever. turning eighteen. <laughs> Clever. Yeah. Little wordplay. Just I like a whiskey like, label. When I was like twelve or thirteen, um, oh, that '70s show was on new at the time, but it was also on reruns at like ten thirty at night on Fox. Yeah, that was yeah. an early rerun. Like, the, yeah, yeah. I, I cannot so, stand that show. Also, it would show. be it would be Simpsons at ten, and then that '70s show at ten thirty. But because I didn't realize that it was like a new show, I thought because the other reruns on Fox were like Home Improvement and Seinfeld. I thought that Tim, '70s the show, man, Taylor. Yeah, exactly. I thought that '70s show was from the '90s too, and it was like you know it was from the, it started in the '90s. Well, I thought it was like a way older show until mm. like. Until like Wilmer Valderrama was on punked. punked. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? This guy's. When he was on punked? Same... When he got punked? Uh, he was like on punked, and I was like, wait, shouldn't he be like 50 years old now? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make sense to me that he was like. Wait, but Ashton Kutcher was a guy. pretty big star outside Again, of did, didn't that, make sense. that 70s show. Over my head. I thought that 70s show was like an older show. <laughs> I can't stand Ashton fucking Kutcher. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cringy now, especially since Masterson is a rapist. Oh, yeah. And all of them are like weirdo Scientologists. Oh, my God. I don't know if that's true. But... I don't know about all well, that. Well, the Jesus. Laura Prepon is a weirdo that's one person. <laughs> yeah. That's... And Danny Masterson is too. Masterson is too. He's I don't know any of those vegetarian. guys. I mean, person. He's a vegetarian. <laughs> Scientologist. Great. Well, on awesome conversation there. Anything else you want to talk about whiskey? I know you want to talk about the secondary market. Did I? Yeah, you asked me if we could talk about it. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, well, right. we don't have to talk about it then. You talk about it then. It's stupid. It sucks. I can't believe it's still like thundering along. Yeah, as much as it always has, and it has the weird thing. But now, because we were like stars on the secondary market, not <laughs> our personalities, but our products were in like 2019. You personally, we tend to get we get like drawn into like weird drama. I guess I am talking about the secondary market, aren't I? <laughs> but it's like it, there's a weird thing of two like the guys who did really well on the secondary market in like 2016, 2017, 2018, or whatever. As in brands or individuals? Individuals. I'm telling buyers and sellers. Investors. Yes. Participants. Mm. Now are Detectives. like yeah, exactly. <laughs> the participants of the secondary market are like going insane, but that's fine. As they in, can do that. As in like a rise of it. Um, yeah, and they, they're not the epicenter of it anymore. They're not the tape oh, makers. Oh, oh, oh I, I you see know? what you're saying, yeah. So they're, uh, it's a weird uh, it's a weird time. A fall from there. grace. Again, as not a participant, like, in the first person in the secondary market. Yeah, I've never... I've, I don't know if I've ever actually even been on a page of a secondary market. I've seen people, like, in Facebook groups I'm in, like, try to sell bottles, but that's not the, the intention of the page, so it kind of gets shut down pretty fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bought secondary bottles. Yeah, like I I've been like, you know, it, it, this was. I mean, the last time was probably like 2018 or 2019. Mm. But like, I'm only gonna get so many chances of buying a 2018 Michter's 10. So I bought some. Yeah. Um, and it was fine. Do you think you paid incredibly infa- inflated prices? No. Okay. Um, I do would. You th- do you think it was actually that whiskey in the bottle? Yes. That, okay. 
But I don't. But uh, I'm at the point in my life where I don't need that bottle that badly. Anymore. Yeah, I like, never. I, I guess I never was there. I never yeah, like. Never. Um, there's only one bottle I ever regret not buying, and it was very expensive. And that was a Booker's thirty year old. Oh yeah. And it was just the circumstance. I was at this whiskey event at a at a retailer. It was right around Christmas, so I just spent a bunch of money, you know, Christmas on, on gifts. The event, I was tired, but the person that won the raffle for the chance to purchase that bottle, like, uh, left or something. So they're like, does anybody want it? And I was like, yeah, I just want to go home. I still had a four-hour drive yeah. back to my parents' house that uh, night. That like, Those were, like, 250 or something like that? It was it was two two sixty five. I think you were selling it for, 280 maybe. Okay. But now it's, like, $500. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shit. So I, I actually saw someone per, uh, post it in somewhere online. Um, yeah, but definitely it was under $300, which if you think about it, 10 years for the year, it's pretty cool. And then it's a very mm-hmm. rare bottle to have. And it's a uh, brand that means near to my heart. So that's like, the only thing I regret. But I've never had someone been like, like someone was like offered me a bottle of Pappy tw- uh, 15 for like $1,200. And I'm like, I don't, that's ca- nuts. I don't care. Like I've, yeah. I, I literally bought it with my, uh, with a, kind of like uncle of mine a few years a couple of years ago and he paid like two hundred dollars for it, 180 dollars for it, yeah. which, which is still insane but whatever yeah, yeah. like it was for a good it was for a family thing so it was fun mm-hmm. and we drank it all in like 30 minutes with a bunch of th- friends and family so yeah awesome that's how you should fucking that's drink whiskey that's right but yeah I, I never it never really interests me and i have friends that are way outside of this industry that use the secondary market or have and really interested in think or they they think they have to buy all like a handful of brands to have a great whiskey selection or to taste the best whiskey in the world. And I'm like, oh, yeah. dude, you're paying a hundred dollars for thirty dollar bottles of whiskey that really aren't that good. Just <laughs> it has a recognition and brand, not even allegiance, it has brand recognition to it, where everybody thinks there's these last drops of Weller inside of there that were made by the Van Winkles, and like that stuff's probably gone. I have to go pee. You didn't need to announce that. <laughs> Have you ever bought anything from the second? I never. Person? I've never even visited a page. I just don't. I, I dude, it takes a lot for me to buy a bottle that's cost more than fifty dollars. Oh, already. same here. I mean, like even when I'm at Binnie's sometimes, and they're like, there's like bottles for like seven dollars off, and they're in that forty dollar price range or something that yeah. I'm interested in. I'm like, I don't. Do I really yeah. need this? Do I need this for now? But <laughs> like, see, do I, I need this. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Is I think I drink everything I buy. So right. if I have more than three to five bottles on my. Sh- on my counter yeah it's they're usually halfway gone you know because that's you know that's that's how i drink i drink them fast i go through them fast so it's one of those things where like i don't need more than what i have at home until i'm done finish one kill one replenish one i love that yeah no it's a great model to live by and we'll get our contractual obligation out of the way here um (laughs) you know we we love pinhook and i have a few bottles of pinhook over there and i have the five-year bourbon right now um the I'm vertical? like, yeah, the vertical. And I'm like, yeah. do I open it? I know. And I hate I ha- having that question in my head. Because, I haven't opened mine now. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm not just going to open it like on a Tuesday night to drink by myself. You know, right. I want to drink with friends. And the yeah. last the last drops I had of the four-year-old vertical um, were with two friends that aren't whiskey drinkers at all. And they were over at our house having dinner. And they're like, can we drink some whiskey? And I'm like, yeah, like, what do you guys want to drink? And I'm like, do you want something sweet, you know, salty, yeah. spicy? And I'm like, well, I'll get three bourbons out, and you guys can drink those and try a little flight of bourbon. And we poured the last drops of the four-year-old at the very end of that nice. little flight. And I'm like, this is how we should be shared, you yeah, know, with friends and it. people you love and people that want to exp- truly want to experience it, and they don't even know what they're experiencing. They're like, wait, so you can't ever get this bottle again? I'm like, probably not. Probably, yeah. And they're like, don't, don't waste it on us. I'm like, 
there's nah. two there's two sips left like it doesn't matter it doesn't I, matter it, it's it's four-year-old whiskey that yeah. the, this brand is gonna be around for a very long time making great whiskey yeah, i'll exactly. i'll find it again something i enjoy and I even have uh, the the Bohemian as well over there, and it's it's you can you can find it. I see it a lot. You see it, but yeah, it's a flat. It's it's just it's it's their what they would call their core, their but, own but, distillate. But yeah. even that, I'm like, do I just open it one night by myself? You know, like, I did. Yeah, I, yeah, right. And yeah. I haven't yet, but I it did. just sucks that like even these even smaller brands like ourselves yeah. um, are coming into that conversation of one. When to open the bottle? When to share the bottle? Is it is yeah. it worth holding on to as an investment? Which I never have yeah. seen that before. But yeah. it's but, almost like you're priced out of your own collection. Like there are some right, bottles right, that I just right. like. I'm like, man, I'm not gonna open that like ever. <laughs> like it's like the last four roses pick from this one yeah. store buyer at this store in like the south suburbs of Chicago. The last barrel he ever picked, and it's really good. Um, and I feel like I'll just be buried with it at, at this point. But I mean, <laughs> moreover, and I was trying to, you know, um, uh, hear you guys over the sounds of my, you know, deafening, thunderous urination. Oh, the mic, the mic picked it up. Oh, good. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I kept the door open for exactly Yeah, I wondered why I kept the door open. Um, <laughs> Life after love. So. What happened to DCL there? Oh, funny! He, I actually uh, received. You just my... backed into that guy. So it's um, everything's a commodity these days, which is bu- a, a bummer. Everything has the potential for to be, you know, a collector's item. Anywhere from whiskeys to shoes to skateboards to I memes. Mean, oh yeah, to memes. <laughs> Only if you treat it that way. Token. Only if you treat it that way. Yeah, it, that's Only good. if you treat it that way. That's true. That's a good point, and I don't think. They're all just things when it yeah, comes down to it. Yeah, it's just stuff. That's it. Yeah, we've had that conversation a lot lately in my house, but um, about things and how it can be replaced. And obviously, whiskey can't be replaced. No drop of whiskey can never be replaced because it's unique to itself, just like snowflakes. Aww. <laughs> and liberals. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, funny you mentioned liberals about Pinnock. I just as I was sure. leaving. The FedEx That's guy right really delivered the uh, new. <laughs> They're uh, the really thin-skinned weirdos. <laughs> rye release, hard hard guy rye, or hard rye guy, or the new <laughs> pinhook release. The hard uh, guy rye is that a real thing? I don't yeah, have to make fun yeah. of the name. Sounds okay. like a beer. I think it's cool then. Yeah. What are you talking about? You're having your own conversation no over by yourself. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Should we open some old Taylor from 1954? Nah. Okay. You have a 1954 old tape. Next, next recording. I think 56. I might have lied. I'm sorry. 1956. Apology accepted. Thank you. Wow. I think it was dis- no wait no maybe it was distilled in 50 and bottled in 58. But then again, it's one of those bottles like That's it's crazy. It's not opened, but the seal is cracked. Sure. Mm. So yeah. I'm guessing someone probably did open that topper, but sure. it's like when do you drink it? Because like, what uh, if it what if it hasn't been opened and it is technically sealed still, so the whiskey sh- hasn't technically oxidized yeah, yet? Because the paper back in the day is much more uh, uh, acid. It's not as it's not acid free or anything. Right. It's a lot more. Well, that cork is still in really good shape. So yeah. it makes me wonder if anybody ever did try opening it and definitely has been standing vertically instead of like tipped on its side or something mm. like that. That'd be interesting. You know what I have, guys? We may have I to have crack a, that open. Uh, set of decanters in, that are. Ooh, mm. I need to start this one over. A model train decanter set. You have Jim that? Beam. Yeah, I have it. Oh, nice. It's pretty cool, huh? Is it, it motorized? A, does it go around on track? It doesn't. It has a little. It has a little track. It has a little bit of track <laughs> that it sits on. I think it's three train cars, and all of the train cars are uh, full of uh, 
like 1964 Jim Beam or something huh. like that. Yeah. That's cool. I've been looking as I'm looking over my whiskey shelf. I see a couple of scotches over there that have risen up quite a lot as the terrorists have come across the United States. And even oh, that, yeah. even that has made me question when do I open this ball? Because I got a, a Buna Alba over there. Um, oh, get it in there, DCL. Wow. How, How did, did that not go in? Yeah. Um, oh, anyway, boy, what a shot. we are watching a little live soccer at the moment, people. <laughs> Who's but, your number seven? Who's that guy? Richarlson? Oh, yeah. Richard, uh, I, well, I don't like the guy, but he had a nice little cut back onto his left foot from about four yards out. All right. Out, let's, uh, let's, okay. let's save the soccer talk. <laughs> yes, sir. But it, it, in, you know, inflated prices with everything these days has made made you question when you open bottles, when do I make that yep. purchase? And it's kind of all sorts of life to it, you know. But then, you know, what if you look at it in hindsight, when you open it, it's like, man, I should have fucking opened this thing. Oh, I haven't all time. Like a, <laughs> but then yeah, like I got, so true. but I, I found like a bottle of Wee Beastie for 40 bucks <laughs> and I brought that home and opened it that night because it's such yeah. a good deal. Mm-hmm. It's a $40 bottle of scotch that sells for $50 everywhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes you really kind of take in consideration where your buck is going and how it's being spent and what you're, I guess, technically investing into but even even with some of my bottles that you get from friends like i have a sonoma rye over there that i just don't want to drink fast because i love the whiskey and it's nice to get it for free sometimes <laughs> i hear you i hear you so but true. you know i mean with collections at home like looking at your shelf now it's mm. it reminds me of going down the shelf the aisles of stores because mm. now you go to your own shelf you're like all right what do i want to drink yeah. what should i drink do you go and like when you can't you can't make up your mind so you're going to reach for the jim beam or you're going to reach for the j-dub dat you know or you're going to reach for your own bottle that you you know represent right. i mean it's you're mimicking exactly what people go through every day when they go to the store do you still drink a lot of your own whiskey absolutely okay yeah, yeah. um well, I mean, no, I, I don't mean like oh, you sit there with a bottle every night. No, I mean, no. like, do you do you have it like a couple times a week at night or? Well, I have it every day during the week. Right, right. right. Um, I mean, so when I obviously I more on your own time. Not, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the bear, the single barrels. Okay. Yeah. For Makes sure. Sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's kind of where I'm at too. I would say. And then it's... I make cocktails with the the core. Oh, okay. You know, for, for home. For home. Yeah. But um, at home I have the normal players. I have the J Dub Dan. I have the Pinhook, the Cask Rye Humor. Uh, the Castrate, uh, bottle of well, I still have some Nova. Yeah. Um, I have Albuna Alba. Those I like to sip from like on Friday nights. Gotcha. Yeah, and then everything else is just I'll drink through it and just replace them. I do see myself kind of drifting more away from. Well, I guess it depends what the night I'm doing a virtual tasting too. If I'm sipping yeah. my own whiskey, and honestly, sometimes I don't even sip my own whiskey. I'll have like a pour, something else, just one, just one pour or something, and yeah. kind of sit there with it. And then when I get to the barrel pick, because I don't drink that as much, or you know, it's a unique offering yeah. that I don't I remember the taste as well as I know Nova and Twofold and Solera. Mm. So I kind of go then I drink that. But um, yeah, it's interesting to kind of see yourself. But other times in my experience in this industry, I've really only drank. I've been so myopic in my approach of drinking that you're only drinking your own brand mm-hmm. or heavily drinking your own brand versus yeah. re- outreaching to other uh, other expressions where like my company totally encourages us to yeah. to drink more whiskey and um, buy, a, buy a bottle of weeded whiskey that you think would be uh, like a competitor sure. or contemporary of twofold, you know, yeah. and see and sit down with that and then even give samples out to people and taste them together. And that's exactly what I've done. These last, I was actually hmm. just at the UPS store yesterday and I sent out 15 packs of a blind. Yeah. And of the four bottles in the blind, one is a Union Horse pour. Is that for a whiskey group? Mm. Huh? For a whiskey group or uh, just for a random I just collection of people? Random collection of people that I would say, hey, you want to do a, a real blind tasting? Yeah. You know, my rye against 
three other ryes. So, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I love doing Arkina Lake yeah. tastings because yes, like people exactly. people were confusing. I don't remember what, what expression it was, but people were confusing Union Horse for Scotch on one of the tastings. <laughs> and, I'm, and it was because of the rolling standard. Yeah, and it's like it's cool to see that. It's yeah. amazing. Like it, the rolling standard has it a, shows the it shows you don't need to have the label in front no, of you to enjoy no. whiskey. In fact, you know, the next time we do like go to GNS, we go, we take part yeah. in those things. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the old school version of putting it in a, I'm going to transfer the whiskey into a wine bottle or shaped like Ooh. a more common whiskey bottle. Yeah. And I'm going to put it in a paper bag and I'm like, I'm just going to put whiskey with on the, you know, on the brown I think paper that's bag. illegal. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go out there to sell it. I just want to see how people react to it. That's funny. I like that. That'd be you good. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, because, you know, like at GNS, I love going to GNS, but let's be, let's be, let's be real. Yeah. When you go there, you put your bottle, uh, you know, your tasting should be revolving around what you're bringing because they asked you to be there. Right. Excuse me. And halfway through, people are, people, <laughs> as they're walking in, they're slamming down their mixtures or slamming down right, their right. rare breeds and so on and so forth. And other, other Kentucky boys, you know, you're like, whoa. You know, I'm like, yeah, that, that's what happened last night too. And I'm like, all of a sudden, someone was pouring me this old Forester from like 2003. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I haven't even finished. I haven't even two finished two of Matt's whiskeys. Yeah, I yeah, finished his last. And then I, pours I, I someone poured something else in my glass, and Matt was about to pour the Madeira, and I'm like, I, I this is nice, thank you. Yeah. I, I love, I love the sharing, and that's great about the, I agree. being there. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm here because this here, person's here to present to us. Yeah, I'm here. I'm Regardless here for of my a guy. friend or not. Right. I'm here to learn more about this, taste it. Give them respect, baby. You know, it's exactly. all we it's That's all why we... I'm going to like put it in there. I'm going to say just whiskey and let them have at it cuz they're going to be curious. Do it. Um well, sounds a good place to end to me cuz Matt's yeah. not uh, on the podcast anymore. Uh Wilson, do you have anything to <laughs> announce out there or get out to the people? No, no, nothing uh, as of late just saying thank you to everyone who continues to reach out and to support us. Um myself, the podcast. Thank you very much. The podcast. And um, yeah, we'll see you real the soon. The Rye of Podcasts. The Rye of Pie Class. <laughs> That's what Mikey calls us. The Rye of Podcasts. I said Pie Crest. I'm sorry. Um, I'm a little angry. Matt Brown, anything you want to publicize out there for the people? Hey, I'm sorry. Matt left. It's totally Blum here again. Shit. No. Um, okay, well, Matt left, so nothing out there for Blum Brothers. <laughs> no, hold on. Go, go to Galena. No, hold on. I'll go get him. Uh, go to Galena, hey, Illinois, and support them. Uh, the Blum Brothers Bar is open for business. Distillery yeah, yeah. tours? Yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah. Distillery we'll tours. Ask Tony about that. I'm not. Yeah, distillery tours led by Tony. Um, they we we are doing we are doing tours again. Uh, they are the the number of spots available on our, on all the tours it has been decreased. Mm. So um, I su- because of lack of popularity. In the yes. <laughs> so I suggest strongly, I um, booking, um, in advance of a trip. Beautiful. But the bar is open um, normal hours, which aren't great. I mean, we don't stay. The, our bar doesn't stay open that late. So. Okay. They're normal hours. Um, May 27th. Mm. Big Printer's day. Row Wine Shop. Yeah. And Little Tap Room. Yeah. Cute place. Printer's Row. What May 27th in the evening. You're going to want to be there. Keep your eyeballs on the social media spaces. For Are you doing info. a tasting there? I mean, we're doing a bar takeover because it's a bar too. Oh yeah, I've heard of bar. We're gonna do stuff. I've been there for a while. Fun things. It's a great place. I'll awesome. Have more details at a later date. Cool. Awesome. We are doing uh, be the 
Uh, may the fourth be with you. Star Wars Day tasting with Joey Two Spikes. Star Wars whiskey is. Um, you can go to our uh, Instagram page on Key in the Lake to sign up for that with our post of me as uh, Han Solo. <laughs> um, just follow the rules there. Take yourself in that. We will also be doing our third blind tasting on May 13th with Union Horse, Abelauer, and Star Wars Whiskey. And uh, we have some fun things coming up for World Whiskey Day in May as well. So stay tuned for all of those. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you choose to listen to us because that's how we earn that McDonald's money, baby. Work. <laughs> um, other than that, guys, uh, Matt, right. great, great for, uh, great seeing you. I guess. Thanks for laying on my couch and I'm hanging out with up us. Now. <laughs> oh, casually. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Yeah, bye.